Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. You have all made it to the dance. You have all made it, made it, made it. to you from the X Access. It's John of All Trades with your host. John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 198. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And this is the second week of Denver Film Festival coverage, DFF 41. I've got two great shows coming this week, and it starts with this one. Breaking the Bee is the name of the documentary. And I've got director Sam Rega and producer Chris Weller, and they tell me all about this documentary they made about the script's National Spelling Bee. This is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. One, as a connoisseur of weird sports on ESPN extensions, I've always loved watching the Spelling Bee. It's sort of that same corollary as World Series of Poker or Bowling or, uh, you know, Strongman competitions. I love that stuff. The early days of ESPN are some of my favorite. And secondly, I have some personal experience with the Spelling Bee. When I was in sixth grade, we did our school Spelling Bee. I came in sixth. You'll hear that story on this week's show. And then in eighth grade, I went to like districts and came in third. So I know from spelling bees. We went to regionals after that and uh, did not do so well. Didn't even pass the written test. But but I know the spelling bee in my bones. And these guys did a phenomenal job of tackling this subject. It feels like a sports movie. I say that it feels like a 30 for 30 documentary. And it's not only about the spelling bee but about Indian American dominance of it. Indian American kids have won 19 of the last 23 spelling bees. So what contributes to that? Some people think it's genetic. Some people think, oh, well, they must just be really good at spelling. And one of the talking heads at the beginning of this film says, you know what, there are like a billion Indian people in India. Many of them don't spell so well. So there's got to be something else going on. So the movie does a nice sociocultural examination and is just straight up a great sports film as well. As I say, the back third of this movie is filled with unbearable tension. If you've watched The Spelling Bee before, you know it's a tense environment. You know, these kids are up there. They're like 10 years old or 12 or 14. And they've got national TV cameras in front of them. And they're spelling the hardest words the English language has to offer. So the movie, despite being about The Spelling Bee, which... You may look at that and go, eh, spelling bee, you know, I don't know, who cares, whatever, right? Is real propulsive. I mean, it'll keep you going. This movie is fantastic. I recommend it highly. So, if you're interested in checking it out, go to the John of All Trades companion blog piece. That's J-O-N of all trades dot U-S. And there will be links to where you can find Breaking the Bee on social media, their website, anything that you would need to stay up with Breaking the Bee, a fantastic movie, and a great part of this year's Denver Film Festival coverage. I'd like to give a quick plug to our sponsor, 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. If you are doing anything online, if you have a campaign that you're running, the elections just ended, thank God, for all of us, right? I mean, I know I was working them personally, but everyone I've talked to is just happy the TV ads are over. 4Degrees will create a message that resonates with an audience. And put it in front of the people who need to see it most. You compare that against TV advertising, which is just sort of just sort of a, a big fire hose approach. You know, let's touch as many people as we can, as many times as we can. Four degrees, much more precise than that. They will get the message that you have. And this isn't just about elections or campaigns. This is if you have a product, a service, or a nonprofit, or whatever. Anything that you're doing online, Four Degrees will help you craft the right message and then get that message in front of the people who need to hear it most. So visit them online. The number four, D-E-G-R-E 
Es. All right, then. Time for episode 198 of the John of All Trades podcast. Again, from Denver Film Festival, DFF41. What a pleasure. What a thrill to get to see these movies and talk with filmmakers one-on-one, especially one as cool as this. Sam Rega is the director. Chris Weller is the producer. Their movie is Breaking the Bee, and their episode starts right now. <laughs> I got in yesterday morning. Okay. Uh, early in the morning, my flight was at seven in the morning, uh, from New York and got in, came right here to the festival. Mm. Uh, and then a couple hours later, we were at our first screening, uh, which was awesome. It was like a little over half full for a Friday afternoon screening. Um, I, I had no idea what you'd get. That's got to be a real crapshoot when it comes to festivals. Have you guys been playing a lot of them? Yeah. This would be our fourth, uh, well, it's our third. third and fourth because because <laughs> this weekend we're also at the Hawaii International Film Festival, <laughs> which clearly you are not there. This is the third we've attended. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll be. I think we're wrapping up. I think this is about the end of it. So it'll be four in total. Okay, um, what has the reaction been like so far? Wholly positive, really. Like yeah. everyone, it, it kind of. We didn't see this as a, a theatrical release um right. we think it's more of like a press play when you see it, akash's face on netflix <laughs> but then you go to these screenings and it's like so much energy around the kids and people are laughing a lot sure. and it's just this cool experience of people watching a spelling bee and then becoming an audience together and like <laughs> it's kind of it's it's fun for me to see that like people really rally around these kids it, it also there are certain moments in there that you watch as you're editing it or, or as you go mm-hmm. through every single cut. And there are things that make us laugh. Or there are still scenes where our heart sinks. And we're like, oh, you're reliving yeah. that moment over and over again. And it's great to be in an audience, uh, in a theater, and those moments do hit. Yeah. And, and you hear the people laugh. You hear the people sigh. We've had some screenings where people have clapped and a little cheering as well. So yeah. that just proves to us that obviously the audience likes it, but like they are invested. Like yeah. they, they are rooting for these kids. Well, it, the thing that's funny to me is watching it and the fact that this thing airs on ESPN, right? Because mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. ESPN's early days, they were just grabbing for content. You know, there was weird like regional pro professional wrestling there was like bowling that was a big part of it college basketball was the big thing i watched so much bowling (laughs) i did too it was sundays right yeah norm duke and like parker but i was always watching this this bowling (laughs) and pete uh pete weber right uh is is like the he's like the king of bowling but uh the fact that this sort of existed with the ascendancy of espn in a lot of ways they grew together right because and i think about that with poker too i mean world series of poker was just sort of this weird fringe thing that became a massive, massive event. But the spelling bee is sort of right there with it. And it's something that I loved because I was in the spelling bee, right? I did that. I, and nice. I was good at it. I finished sixth in my elementary school. When I got into middle school, I finished third in like district. Wow. Yeah. I went on to regionals and failed on the written test. It was awful. Uh, the written test. Nobody really knows a written test exists until you get to like those yeah. upper tiers. And the written test is tough. I mean, it'll weed the kids out because there's like a billion dorky kids there, right? And you're all there together. Right. And so like we were, you know, we were just playing card games, you know, cause there's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of hurry up and wait with the spelling bee and yeah. how you keep your mind occupied is really interesting. So the fact that this documentary exists, as soon as it came on my radar, I go, I have to talk to these guys because these guys are clearly going to share the enthusiasm that I do for the spelling bee. And what's funny is if you, if you talk to people before we got on mic, you're like, there's really no middle class of spelling bee fan, right? People either don't care at all or they're way into it, right? Have you found that? Totally. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think, I mean, Chris especially. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Like, I, um, I grew up loving the spelling bee. It's never, you don't have a casual fan of the spelling bee. It's, it's just right. like not that niche. It, it's you, not like March Madness, right? Where people can sort of not pay attention to college basketball the whole year. <laughs> And then it's like, yeah. oh, I got my pool going. I think Kentucky's going to take it this year. It's like, you haven't watched one minute of college basketball this year yet. Right. And it's also, it's just because it's so interactive. Yeah. You can compare yourself to these kids who are 10, 13 years old <laughs> and spell the words incorrectly. And, Sometimes six. Right. Yeah. Um, 10's already getting closer to like the veteran status. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember watching, I know Chris is 
definitely, if you count all the years, has probably watched it more than I have. But I still remember growing up and watching it or watching the, the early rounds of it and just being glued because you look at these kids when you're young and, like, they're your peers. But, like, mm-hmm. they're on this national <laughs> stage. And, like, I'm thinking about what was I doing at that time? I know what I was doing. I was playing video games and I wanted to be Derek Jeter. Right. Um, didn't quite happen. <laughs> I wanted to be Ryan Sandberg. Okay. Yeah. We're, so we're, I'm with you. We're on the same level. Um, but it, it's so true. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Yeah. And everyone has a spelling bee story too. I think no, that's what well, not is. everyone. I mean, they, most <laughs> people do. Most people do. I think it, because it's such an American sport, right. um, you either have known someone that has been in a bee, know a child that has been in a bee, you've watched one, you've been in one, or you have the, the elementary school story. I never got past the first round in my spelling bees, but I do remember the one girl who won every single year in our class. I remember the one in our class, too. And maybe you even remember the words you got out on. Like, I don't remember the words, but I remember the girl. Um, or, or like, I don't even know until, like, we started doing this, where you go once you win. Like, I, right. it was this black box for me of where she went. Like, I knew she won, but I didn't know where she went afterwards. To a hotel ballroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which ultimately is where it ends up. But it's funny you mentioned that because the word I went out on in sixth grade was volatile. Mm. And, uh, and so I... You always remember, don't you? Like, you never forget that word. It's, again, drawing it back to poker, people remember their bad beats. Yes. Yeah. With remarkable clarity. Yeah. You don't win the hands you win. Or you don't remember the hands you win. Yeah. You remember the hands you lost on. Yeah. And so the, the real kicker about losing on vol- volatile was we were going through the D.A.R.E. program at the same time. And as soon as the spelling bee was over, the next unit was on volatile chemicals. Oh, my God. So I walked into the room. And up on the overhead projector was volatile chemicals. And I go, oh, come on. Just a big F you. <laughs> Just a huge middle finger right to me. I was the only one. But anyway, so. Th- what a sense of humor the universe has. <laughs> yeah, it does. This is Sam Rega, the director. This is Chris Weller, the producer. It's an enormous pleasure having you guys here. Breaking the Bee is your documentary. And it's all about the Scripps National Spelling Bee. And uh, I would say... In equal part, why have Indian Americans dominated the bee over the last 18 years? And what contributes to that? And you've gotten a number of people to talk about this. You know, Fareed Zakaria from CNN, um, folks from ESPN. And how did this documentary come to be? How did you both come into it? Yeah, so I, I can feel that one. I, <clears throat> having grown up watching the spelling bee like my entire life, I was just already kind of tuned into like, that world more than the average person. Right. And around 2013, I had noticed uh, when Arvind Mahankali won, I was like, like six years in a row, I think, that an Indian American kid won. I was like just out of college. Like you spend more time like around ideas and like thinking about, <laughs> you know, instead of living in the real world. And then uh, I noticed like, oh my God, Arvind's like the sixth in a row. And that's, that's odd. Kind of like made, you know, something fire in my head. So what year was this? 2013. Okay. He won. Right. And then 2015, I got a new job. I wanted to write a long-form article. I was a journalist at the time, and I was too late on it. So I kept it in my head. And then in November, it's like almost exactly three years ago, uh, if I think back to it now. Yeah. It was November of 2015. Yeah. Uh, I was working with Sam, and I just finished a documentary on professional video game players. The, oh, the nice. Kids, like yeah, eSports? Exactly. Yeah. Kids that played yeah. League, of, League Legends. of Legends. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I had known these stats and like Sam and I didn't know each other, so I just kind of had to like flag him down and like take a meeting. <laughs> and well, we should say our mutual friend Drake Bear. Oh yeah, my, Drake my... listens to this. We have to give a shout out to Drake because it <laughs> yeah. truly, if it weren't for Drake He's for putting the, the dots together, the like oh, well, you should talk to Sam. Then like this wouldn't happen. Yes. So right. Drake is the the connector. He's he's the glue. He's the Robert Ori of this story, right? <laughs> yeah, he he gets a special thanks in the movie and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for it all coming to fruition. But then, so I, I meet with Sam, tell him those statistics. At that point, it was like the last 10 years in a row. Yeah. And instantly, like he was on board. And then at that point, it's just kind of like, how do we make this? How do we do <laughs> yeah. this? Yeah. I, I was hooked uh, instantly. I mean, just the, the stats were incredible. And, mm-hmm. and for Chris to have noticed this trend. And like, it's not just a little trend. Like, this is a two-decade trend. And like, it, yeah, it is like a true eight, dominance. What is it? 18 out of the last 20? I can't remember and, right off the top of my head. At this point, it's 19 out of the last 23. 19 out of the last 23. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, that, that's more than a trend. I mean, that's a tidal wave. And it's yeah. the last 11 in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. 
So I, the, the thing that I like about this film is you not only talk about the bee and you get into the nuts and bolts of the bee, right? You, you get into how do they practice? And I think it was, uh, Sharav's parents saying, you know, we don't disclose this, right? Mm, We're, the database. <laughs> yeah. And so they have this database of words. And so you, you get to see kind of how the sausage is made, but it also informs a larger discussion mm-hmm. about, you know, what sort of led to this. And I mean, you go back as far as 1965 with the relaxation of immigration laws. So giving that larger cultural context, uh, is, is really important here. As you were filming it, did you have that structure in mind or did that emerge as you sort of got into it? For the most part, we had that structure in mind. There were a few things here or there that naturally came up because you're filming something and you go down a certain path when you're conducting an interview uh, with one of our experts. And you're like, oh, now let's continue to ask that same question for the others or we need to include that or you're filming with someone in their home and, and you want to ensure that scene's included. But for the most part, uh, we had outlined the way that we wanted this film to go so that we would know what are the questions that we need to ask? Sure. Can this film even be made? Because that was a big question for us. Like, do we have enough to potentially sustain uh, a feature length? Is it just a short? And once we realized that there were all these beats and all these points along the way that really contributed to this perfect storm uh, of events to lead to this trend, and like I'm telling, we were plotting this out and almost like timing wise too just to know mentally like how will this work out how much is verite how much is in the studio with the Mm. experts um and for the most part i'd say this was pretty true to our original outline yeah um save for maybe a few scenes here or there but uh it really was what we saw in our heads is, is really uh on the screen and even more so i mean once we got down to it, like the interviews that we got from our experts uh, and even all of the families that we ended up following, I think they certainly exceeded our expectations. Yeah. And it, the funny thing in starting this movie is we had no idea like what the answer was. We just really started with a question mm-hmm. like, why are they winning? And that was like this nice driving uh, motivation to like keep making the movie. It's like we had to keep finding out the answer. <laughs> right. And so we kept gathering thread from like all these interviews we did. And I had written a few stories mm-hmm for Business Insider, where we, Sam and I both worked at the time. Like, so I had done some homework prior to um, finding these, ex- these experts, but I didn't consider the historical component as much as, let's say, that minor league right. system that the film um, depicts. There's two minor league, minor, minor leagues in quotes, but like these cultural organizations that hold their own Indian American bees. And so this is kind of like a training ground for kids. Yeah, it's crazy the way that works. I, I had no idea those existed. But Most I mean, people don't know. No. And, and why would, why you? would you, we, in our Skype calls with parents who kept mentioning North South foundation, North South foundation, <laughs> South Asian spelling bee. We're like, is there like a, a, a minor league system for this? And they're like, yeah, I guess there kind of is. And we're like, this is amazing. <laughs> like we have to, we have to tell us even more now. Yeah. Like you're, you're developing talent in a lot of ways, which is really, really strange. And the way this unfolds, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's the ESPN sort of component here, but it, it feels almost like a 30 for 30. You know, if, if you guys are familiar with... Thank you for saying uh, that. I mean, of course. Yes, yes. But why? Did you pitch it to him? <laughs> well, we had, we'd want this to be a sports movie. Yeah. You know, like, and yeah, we had pursued going the ESPN route and like wanting it to feel fast and competitive, not like after school special. Oh, it moves right along, yeah. like briskly. Thank it, you. I mean, yeah, it, 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 for something as ostensibly or on its face as dry as the spelling bee, <laughs> the movie's really propulsive, you know? And I, I'll tell you this, one of the things I wrote down when I was watching the movie was the third act is almost like unbearable tension. Like the good. whole, the, I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. The whole time you're watching it, you're like, Oh God. Like you, you just, you have this knot in your stomach for these kids because you've done a good job of sort of establishing their personalities. You know, first act, I, I, and I don't mean to describe your film back to you, but first act is sort of context, right? Yes. Second mm-hmm. act is training and it's like, here's who these families are and here's what's at stake and here's sort of their motivation. Third act is it's showtime, right? And you get to showtime and you go, Oh God, like they're all on stage <laughs> and I'm dying with yeah. them. <clears throat> and it's, it's a film that I really, really adored because it captured the energy of when you're in the spelling bee. So but that means like, so much. You don't even know how much that means. Like when with you saying that, um, or we had people in the audience today saying that and, and from other screenings, because from day one, we wanted to ensure 
that the energy, the intensity, the ups and downs, like mm-hmm. that, that was captured. Because when you watch it on ESPN every year, like you feel that as a viewer. Oh, yeah. And then when you actually go inside the, the massive ballroom um, in D.C., it's like 20 times what you feel oh, totally. on TV. Like that, it's, really? so funny to, it's so funny to call it the spelling bee like that electric, but you, and when, <laughs> when, there's actually a point in the movie where the pronouncer, Jock Bailey, says like, it's high drama. And they're in the audience, we've, I've, I've noticed there's like this, just kind of like knowing like, what? Like kind of laugh. Like, yeah, maybe he's like being ironic. Uh, no. no. Like I just, no. it's fun for me to know, like wait till you get to the end of the movie where you are like captivated and it's like, oh, it is high drama. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And so for people to say that like yourself, like that's what we set out to do and sure. to have people recognize that and feel that way, like that <laughs> we succeeded. Well, that, that's one thing I, I want to – I'm happy that you highlighted because I'd always felt like Sam had edited the movie and like that's just his like just raw talent on display. And every time I watch him, I'm like, oh my god, you edited the hell out of this. And like it's huge kudos because it could have felt really slow. But um, it was cool how, like, our vision actually came to make the spelling bee feel fast, which is, like, yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it moves right along. And I, I don't want to necessarily do too many spoilers here. <laughs> but there's a, there's a moment where uh, Tejas is uh, – he's spelling Saucerite. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was in trouble because he spelled it the way I was thinking it was mm-hmm. spelled. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sitting in the audience and I'm like, uh, if, if he's, if he and I are on the same wavelength, he's probably in trouble. But he starts getting down the road and you can see, you can see Sharav in the background and he almost like gives it away. I'm so happy that you noticed this. Oh, I spotted this was, that. This was a intentional choice in the edit. <laughs> I told Sam, I was like, can we please hang on them a little longer so that they look at each other? Yeah, when no, you, you see Sharaf and he kind of looks up. He's like, like he knows that Tejas is done. And that's one of the things that as a casual viewer or just a home viewer, you don't see that. The ESPN cameras really don't no. capture that. Right. And then once you actually are there and if you're in tuned or at least sitting close enough in the audience <gasps> as we were in with our cameras that you can see this, all of those spellers on stage, they are spelling right along. Oh, and yeah. it's like they are trying to ensure that they know how to spell it. And it's we, honestly, we would almost look to them because look, we don't know all of these words, no, and, and, and we don't the have the time party. to Google them. But we would look to them in the seats to see, like, oh, did you see? He, oh, he just wins yeah. in the back, and mm-hmm. like he's not going to get it. But like no. they know. There are so many um, in Shurov's regional spelling bee. Um, the shot that we use has him in the background, like kind of out of focus, and in, in longer cuts, you don't see this in the final one. But like um, he reacts and like you can see at the moment when he knows like okay yeah. I'm, that, that person's out i knocked down one more person so these kids are just laser focused yeah. oh yeah no they're yeah. dialed in i remember uh when i was in the spelling bee i'd be spelling the words along with them you can't not do it right mm-hmm. because you when you get up there you go god i hope they give me a word that mm-hmm. that that, mm-hmm. that i know and one of the spellers comes up and goes dr bailey i need you to come through for me yeah and so you're thinking that every time you go up. So that moment in particular also grabbed me because mm-hmm. it's like, you, it, it's a total crapshoot. And I mean, you guys were mentioning sitting in the audience, Googling some of the words. Some of these words are ungoogleable. Because you don't even know how to spell it to begin with. So how do you Google? You hope that Google's going to auto-correct it correctly. You have to use like the voice search because there's no way. Is there numbers in this word? I have no idea. I I was looking up one of them and I go, I I don't even know what I'm looking for. (laughs) Right. Right. And and Google's not helping me. So I, I, I don't know where we go from here. So the third act is filled with unbearable tension. What I'm curious about is a lot of these families have a lot of tension sort of on them. When, when you watch Sharav practice, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he seems really at ease. And I've never seen anyone type that fast, number one, where, where he's typing, he's doing like a one minute speed test and he's getting 45 really complex words yeah. just based on sort of the, the phonetic. Yeah, the, the diacritical. The marks. diacritical. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Which might as well be its own language. Frankly, yes. When you look at it, if you don't know what that is, you go, I don't know how to read that. Exactly. And so he's doing the diacritical marks and just typing these out. He seems really at ease with what he's doing, as do these families. But the fact that you are all there with cameras in their face, did that contribute to their tension at all? Did you get any of that feedback? I don't think so. I think think for me personally as a filmmaker, I had more – I had more anxiety while I was watching them on stage and behind the camera. And then you see 
a speller maybe get out or almost get out and these things go through your head like did I take away like that extra hour of them studying and mm. did that potentially right. contribute to them not winning the whole thing? I mean, that's dramatic. Um, and the answer is no, because these are all kids who have been doing it for so many years. They are veterans in their sport. They are used to the limelight, being on ESPN, having ESPN come into their home and do their own interviews. Like the answer is no, but you do have this emotional investment with these kids sure. because you spent so much time with them. But what we captured really was how they felt. And the cameras weren't always rolling. And, like, they were all very relaxed. They were all very excited to do this. They were all very excited to have us there. And I think, if anything, it's given them a record of their spelling bee journey. Uh, I'll say Tejas's mother, she told us after she watched the film that one of the amazing things is that She's now always going to have this film to mm -hmm. document her family and her son's spelling bee journey. And if it wasn't for us, she wouldn't have that. And it brought back so many emotions for her reliving it when she watched that. And that's an amazing feeling. Like that is really cool that we could give that to yeah, them in addition to making this that feels film. really good. I don't think about that like all the time, but when it's, I'm reminded that like we made this for people um, and like people are actually watching it, including the people that are in it, um, that it means something to them and you know, it feels, you know, it feels good. It feels redeeming. Yeah. I, I can imagine that it does because it's, it's easy to sort of just put your head down and just grind through mm -hmm. and do the work. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of time to sort of genuflect on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where you guys are able to provide them context. And if you can see yourself through someone else's eyes, that uh, for some people that can be very jarring and very unnerving and unsettling, but for others, especially with something like this, that is an academic pursuit, something that is very prideful, something that, yes. you know, it involves a lot of hard work, especially at such a young age. That really is a gift. Mm -hmm. You know, what was interesting is they all had this perspective that it wasn't going to last forever. They all, yeah. they yeah, all, they all totally. committed all of their time to it. With also holding in mind the idea that this is going to end at some point within like the next year or two for some of those kids. There's a finish line. Yeah. And which like, is weird. Yeah. Which is weird. And it's like they are retired very early on in their life after having spent so many hours committing to this thing that gets them in like in a direct way, very little in terms of outcome. You get, <laughs> right. Uh, indirect skills, like you get a whole bunch in that, like, but you can get that but from other things. But there's no bigger way to go because if yeah. you are playing a physical sport, you could be a professional baseball player. Mm -hmm. You could play in college. You could be pro in the NFL. Like there is a bigger light at the end of the tunnel, financial gain, yeah. fame, et cetera, et cetera. This ends at 14 and in eighth grade. Well, if you think about Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16, right? And now he's one of the best baseball players in the yeah. entire world. There is no Bryce Harper of spelling. Right? I mean, there, there is, and one emerges every year, but after that, it's done. It's, you, it depends on, it, it's one of those things where it's such a niche that, like, once you get into that world, there's a Bryce Harper of spelling. Okay. But, uh, you can say that Akash, in a way, is the Bryce Harper. Like, there, there are these young kids that are so young that they're all known because Nihar. they're all, you, right. Nihar, who won, uh, 2016 that, that we feature in the beginning. Right. They're known because they've been at the South Asian Spelling Bee. They've been to North South Foundation. Like, they're known in their circle, but there's not media coverage at these things. No, but my point is, once they're past the age of 14, once they graduate eighth grade, there's no like yeah. next league of spelling, Correct. right? Correct. There's yeah. no high school Correct. spelling bee. Yeah. We, when we interviewed Nooper Lala, who won the 1999 B, she was featured in Spellbound, arguably has had the most exposure out of any of the mm -hmm. past spellers. But she, she's a, um, a doctor, uh, I think, in Arkansas right yeah. now. And yeah. like the spelling bee was just something that she did when she was 13. And like that was some, that's a part of her life but she's an adult now. Right. And that may or may not be written on her tombstone at the end of her life. Right. People, I mean, people I, carry different, carry it maybe, differently. But here's the thing. If you're Bryce Harper, oh, that's who he is. Like, like professional baseball player is going to be mm -hmm. yeah, light them, totally. you know, line item number one in anything anyone ever says to you. Spelling bee, maybe within the Indian American community. And if you guys want to speak to that, that's, you know, that's certainly up for debate. But in terms of the larger, larger cultural narrative, I can't name for you five spelling right. bee champions, right? Well, I, I think I disagree with you to a certain extent okay. because 
with physical sports or like or the main sports, baseball, basketball, NFL, etc. Um, there's just so much around that, and, and obviously there's so much money. These players just reach these physical feats. There's so much media, so like they are going to rise just to the level of how big they are. But Nuperlala in the spelling bee community, just as you can know a lot in the baseball community, if you're a baseball fan, she is known. She will mm-hmm. always be known for what she did in 1999. And Paige Kimball, who is the director of the Scripps National Spelling Bee, she tells every single speller, your spelling bee journey will be with you for the rest of your life. Wow. Nuperlala is in her early 30s, I believe. Yeah. She was just interviewed by us. Like, why, why right. would she think she's going to be in a second spelling okay. bee film? Yeah, we have to have perspective um, on that. Like, oh, uh, like, she's still in spelling because of us. It's, this, this is our fault now. Uh, Balu, the, the, the first Indian American winner yeah. that, that we interviewed, again, he's been in two now. He, he still goes to the North South Foundation, uh, bees, and he gives just talks about his journey. Okay. His kids are in it now. So you might not know about it, but, the spelling bee is with you for a long time. And I say it might be on their tombstone. Okay. Well, within, <laughs> I mean, spelled correctly. We, yeah. <laughs> God willing. Uh, this is why copy editors, copy editors matter, yes. right? Yeah. But, um, I mean, within that community, certainly that makes sense. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, like any subculture, you know, no matter what it is, it sort of emerges into the mainstream from time to time. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that the culture that supports it ever really goes away. There is ska music mm-hmm. being made mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. Right. right? Whereas that was probably most popular in like 1997, where 20 years later, you can still go to a ska show probably tonight totally. in right. Denver and find right. all these people wearing right. checkerboards and pork pie hats and stuff. Right. So it's like you can go to these, these spelling organizations, North South Foundation, mm-hmm. and you know if you walk in, you're Nuber Lala, she can walk into you know a, a Starbucks and probably... People aren't going to recognize yeah. her. Right. Yet, right. within her community, she is a big, big right. deal. Right. And so getting to peer through the keyhole to, mm-hmm. you know, a subculture oh. like this is really, really it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, it is. I, I, I also think if something changed and someone or ESPN decided, let's, let's start airing some regionals. Let's yeah. start airing some more. And there was, we know that there's a B season. If there actually became a longer B season that was televised or just somewhere accessible for many people, then I think that could change. Just like what's happening with esports now. I, I mean, that's even growing and growing and growing. Yeah. And it is on it is on ESPN and TBS and TBS, <laughs> right. right? So I mean, look how long the sports have been around. Like how long base, baseball, NFL, etc. have been around. So maybe by the time that esports gets to that, maybe we will know the best uh, esport player. Maybe if things change with spelling, maybe we will all know that. It's exposure. No, I mean it's it's and it's interesting, and I think it speaks to almost. Uh, there's so much in culture right now. We just have way, I, not too much, but. We have way too much available to us, mm-hmm. uh, and, and there's a lot to keep up with. So anytime you can grab on to a little bit of authenticity mm-hmm. where you can find people who are just earnestly committed to this one weird pursuit, mm-hmm. that, that draws an audience, yeah. right? And so I thinking back on my own B experience, mm-hmm. and you have that book of the winning word of you know every year of the spelling bee, and one year it was like luge. Um, mm. that was like in the seventies and you go, wow, we've come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a totally different monster. Than yeah. It was even 10 years ago. Yeah. It, it's yeah. The, the level of precision and the level of complexity that's involved right now. What was your guys reaction when you were filming and saw some of the words and some of the training that these families were doing? I don't think I had any idea the level to which people were studying. I think I had an idea. Oh, you open the dictionary. Maybe each day you study some word lists. I never expected to see a family build their own Excel spreadsheet with every word in the dictionary minus the ones that don't matter because they have so much experience to know what's a zero or one. Right. And then also right. put in the uh, multiple columns for the origin. Like what the film doesn't explain is uh-huh. what that spreadsheet actually like shows. Well, what the components are. Yeah. About? And so like one column is the difficulty level, which they've like made a taxonomy for. One is which resource, um, like which other instructional book word list um, the the word comes from, because Uh that means it's probably shown up in scripts at some point. Mm -hmm. The diacritical marks, which is the phonetic, the word itself, the language of origin, and all of the information you can ask for. That particular child studies that every day, sometimes for 
multiple thousands of words a day. And then I start thinking like, oh, there's a child somewhere in the middle of America. Let's say he's in Iowa. And the spelling bee is just this quaint thing like, oh, like it as always is in most people's heads. And he's studying 30 words a day. And then he goes to like his classroom against that other kid that's studying the database. And you're like, oh, like these kids are in a completely different level. Yeah. Like the way that um, Sam and I talked about it is when you go to the B, you even see it stratified there. You, mm. you there's 290 something kids that they change the rules, but let's say there's 290. That's what it shows in the film. And like two place 290 to like the top 10 is like maybe kind of a cluster. And then like, imagine like in a different solar system is the top 10. Yeah. And then like, in the edge of the universe is like one and two. It's, really? It's not even yeah. close. Wow. Yeah, yeah especially um, in 2016 when they went, um, they had co-champions and they went toe-to-toe for like 35 rounds. Like you just realize, oh, like all these other kids are competing for like fifth. <laughs> yeah. It's really, <laughs> yeah. really kind of fun to watch that way. Like, oh, wow, these kids are really, it's like you get to see the depths of their knowledge. Like that's what the, the really fun part is. You see like the limits of it and it's like, whoa, like, it really blows you away. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that's amazing to me is I, I'm 37 years old, and I haven't spent as much time on anything as these kids aged 6 to 14 have spent on this one pursuit. Mm. And I, I don't know necessarily what that says about me or what that says about us, but the, the fact that these kids have mastered this at such a, a young level, I think you alluded to something earlier. It sets them up skill set-wise for success later in life, which I, I think is part of the value of the B. Can you discuss when you talk to past champions, did they give you any insight in terms of their B experience informing their professional lives? It informed them completely. <laughs> I mean, when we spoke to uh, uh, Balu, the 1985 champion, he he's a doctor. And just anytime he writes, like he's it's still it's still a part of him. Like he's, mm. he's able to draft letters or memos, whatever it may be at, at a higher level because of his B experience. It's giving them discipline. It's, yeah. it's letting them be better and more graceful when they lose at something or, or defeated or at a low point. Um, and then they know how to handle winning with grace as well. They know how to buckle down and study, put in that hard work. They know how things pay off. Like all these things, they pay off at every step of the way. And we also had several past winners or, or even not past winners, but uh, finalists at the Scripps National Spelling Bee tell us I was in med school and like the grit that I needed to study day in and day out and get through med school. I learned that from my time studying the spelling bee. Right. Not being afraid to put your spade in the ground and just turn over the earth again and again mm-hmm. yeah. and again for a goal that is like miles down the road. Exactly. Right? Wow. And, and learning how to do something at such a young age like that and making sacrifices, the sacrifices oh, sure. that these kids make. So, and, and it's going to sound funny at that level, but it means not certain free time or certain activities or putting other activities that maybe you like by the side for a little bit. It means less birthday parties. Mm -hmm. It means less family vacations. So it's a sacrifice for the speller, but it's a sacrifice for the family too. And and that is part of it and understanding that if you want something and and you want it bad enough, you may have to make sacrifices and you might have to dedicate and that dedication requires sacrifices. Yeah, that's pretty wild. It's, and it's a corollary. Again, this is why this is a sports movie. If you think about something like uh, any figure skater you've ever heard, their parents driving them to the ice arena every morning at 5 a.m., mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or like hockey players, ice time is – and it, it's usually ice-related sports because there aren't that many ice arenas around. Right. Yes. And so they, they end up going at odd hours. Golf is another big mm-hmm. one. How many mm-hmm. balls do you have to hit? Tennis, you think about, and this really turned Andre Agassi against his dad, but uh, Andre Agassi's dad made him hit so many balls to, to get good. Mm-hmm. You think about how many free throws you shoot uh, as a right. basketball player, right? So you are spelling words. And what's funny is I, I would say that the skills you learn from the spelling bee are almost at a, at a higher grade or a higher level of applicability than they are with other sports. Mm. It, yeah, one thing I always think is that it's not this causal chain between you do the spelling bee and you succeed. It just so happens that like if you through doing spelling for a long time, develop the tools to excel in that, like chances are you develop the discipline and the work ethic to buckle down in other aspects of your life and you'll Mm -hmm. go pretty far. And I think the kids know that like, it's not the idea that like, Oh, if I do this, I'm going to get into Harvard. It's not, (laughs) it's not that it's, 
I love doing this and it's hard sometimes, but I'm willing to do it because I love it so much. My family supports me. Yeah. And then also I like science and I like violin and I like tennis. And right. that's the other thing. It's like, these kids are not shut-ins. We yeah. tried to do that. We tried to show that in the movie. Like these kids have like lives. Yeah. I mean, you talk about sacrifices. They didn't really consider the social stuff much of a sacrifice. I didn't think I, it seemed that they were happy to like make priorities and really understood what a priority was, which I definitely did not when I was that <laughs> yeah. age. I but, didn't intellectualize it and prioritize my time like that. But no. they still found time to do so many things. Yeah. Like when it came down to B season, sure, some things maybe had to take a pause, but they still did find time with their friends. Maybe it wasn't as much as they wanted at times, but they still found time. They were right. still doing a sport. They were still playing an instrument. They were still doing their homework. So it really becomes the one thing that almost rises to the top in a very well-rounded um academic and extracurricular career yeah plus like the friends were understanding like imagine yeah. having a friend that's like that good at spelling you're like i get it like go do, <laughs> go to your thing like, you're on ESPN. like that's pretty cool yeah yeah that's that's not bad you're you're chasing an actual dream here uh who's the comedian in the movie i've forgotten his name hari kondabalo yeah he talks about unless they switch it to spanish right and even then it's probably 50 50 <laughs> yeah <laughs> that an indian kid's probably still gonna win it What's funny, though, is I was fluent in Spanish for a little while. Spanish is much easier to spell than yeah. English. Yeah. Very and, phonetic. and so I was curious. Yeah. I mean, anything you pronounce in Spanish is pretty much phonetic. Uh, and their alphabet works really, really nicely that way. So it makes spelling uh, very clean and easy. So I think uh, the spelling bee in Spanish would be much, much easier. Yeah. It strikes me that the spelling bee is a somewhat uniquely English pursuit. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Did you guys explore that in any depth? hundred percent. Yeah. It's really hard to have a spelling bee in other languages hmm. because English borrows from so many different ones. Uh, and you might think when you watch it, like, how does the dictionary have like caballero in or mm-hmm. caballero, depending on how they pronounce it. Um, English is just bringing all of these in from different, different cultures. Yeah. There's right? Latin and Germanic mm-hmm. and, I, and other so many roots don't have that. There other languages are drawn from a smaller pot of, uh, of history. And you'll see that that the parents and even the students will say this. This makes them more worldly. Oh yeah, the, like the oh, yeah. The, the, the kids English who are language, multilingual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the English language and and like learning about the English language brings them to different parts of the world. Yeah. Um, and takes them on this sort of mental uh, journey. Uh, and that's a really interesting thing when they say that. And like maybe you've never thought about that, but it does because as Chris was saying, it, these words are from so many other places. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the geography bee? Oh, in what respect? <laughs> in that, like, they also, Indian American kids have also been dominating the geography base for really? the last, like, six years. Yeah. 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 It's, they do. And I think they go hand in hand. Like, you, in learning spelling, you kind of make that mental journey, like you were talking about. And you can't help but appreciate other parts of the world. And, and coming from another place in the world. Yeah. Um, you have an appreciation from where you came from and you as a child, uh, I'm sure want to learn where you came from and, and what else is out there. And so I do think they go hand in hand, except the geography bee just doesn't have the exposure because it's not on ESPN every year. Right? No, I was hosted by Alex, Alex Trebek for a while though. Yes. Um, which, and I don't know if he still does it, but, no. uh, I used I to watch that too. And I wasn't I as know. good at that. So, and I think other people aren't quite as good at that spelling. You can sort of spell along and you can guess and yeah. there, there's like a, a play at home aspect of the yeah. spelling bee where if you get it, you feel great, right? You go, nice. Yeah, I got this one. It's almost like getting uh, the bonus round on Wheel of Fortune or something, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. It's because you, even though you don't know the words, like you still know the alphabet. And you're like, <laughs> I can take a stab at it. In geography, you cannot take a stab at what like the second longest uh, river is in like Tunisia. Right. If Akash were here, he would tell me there's no rivers in right. Tunisia. Right. Akash is but, amazing at geography too. God, oh, well, I'd expect yeah. nothing less. That kid yeah. steals the show. Yeah. Um, the fact that he's so young and so outgoing and I mean, he just, the, the camera is just drawn to him. He's magnetic when you look at him and you go, yeah, this kid is, he, he, he knows, he's it. he knows when the camera's on him a hundred percent. Oh, that's I mean, funny. And like he, there's a, a part in the movie where he spells a 45 letter long word, pneumonia or ultrascopy. It's a lung disease. Google it. Um, and all the spellers know it, but he spells that word. And, oh, and he's doing with, and the, he swipes with his fingers letters yeah. across the screen and then says, I think the word just filled up the entire screen. <laughs> and so we're like, oh, great. So he just forced us in the edit of like how we have to include this. And that's and what yeah, we he said. It's like, he's live editing it, live yeah, editing it in the camera. Yeah. He wants to be he wants to be Jimmy Fallon, frankly. He's, he <laughs> yeah. wants to be a talk show host. Yeah. 
we had said so we use an, an amazing company Yankee Peddler they did all of our uh, graphics and design for the film and for that one I said just follow Akash yeah follow his he'll, lead he'll tell you what it is he, he knows what he wants let him <laughs> handle that and it was awesome <laughs> Uh, speaking about the geography bee, that's interesting to me. I'd never thought about the corollary between those two because if you're studying all these roots and a lot of the roots are, you know, based in science or geography or architecture, you know, there are all these terms you are going to come to understand them and you go, okay, well, I need more context around that because I, I, I'm not going to be a good speller unless I understand what this word is and what it represents. And one of the techniques in the film is one of the families like draws. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like a face. And what are all the roots for cheek? Or, you know, what are all the roots for nose? And that helps you understand where words actually come from. And so from there, it's like, okay, well, if, if you're doing this from words all over the world, that makes sense to me intuitively, but a connection I'd never made. So, yeah, you, you really get a feel for these kids. They know all of the roots like down pat. I was following on Twitter for the 2018 B and one of the girls we had followed, Siona Mishra, shout out to Siona hmm. in Orlando, Florida. Uh, she was like live tweeting the root meanings of every single word that everyone got. So I could follow along like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. I get why, I get why oh, that works like that. Yeah. And so you, you, you really understand as more speaking to like the depths of their knowledge. Like, oh, like they just have all that up there. Yeah. At, ready to deploy whenever you, you need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's remarkable. I interviewed an elementary school teacher on this show uh, a couple of years ago, and she said parents still love spelling tests. Spelling is one of those things. People are terrible at it. You guys get emails, right? I mean, yep. and emails are horrid. My last name is Ekstrom. You can imagine what my mail looks like. It's, I'm so sorry. It's E-K-S-T-R-O-M. Get out of here, right? So <laughs> what's funny to me is why do you think the B endures? Um, and given that we live in a culture of autocorrect, ooh, yeah. Um, why does the B still matter, and why does it endure, and why do people still pursue it? I think you almost answered that to an extent yourself. Mm. Uh, it's something that we all use. Like we are connected by spelling language, the English language, um, and it's such a part of our country because we go through spelling tests, uh, and then we've decided to make this competition out of the spelling bee. And something that starts at such a basic level of the classroom. You have to win your classroom B if yeah. you are ever going to make it to the stage in Washington, D.C. So we all have this spelling bee story. And, and whether you remember the word you got out on or whether you, you know uh, the person that you lost to, that sticks with you. And you can always share those stories with people. And I think it's just so happened that... ESPN saw that at a prime opportunity to give the spelling bee this platform to show everyone in the country something that they already loved and like that just brought it to a whole other level. But we're all connected by it somehow. I think that was a really nice way of putting it. <laughs> I, it's it's also just it's fun. Like it's uh, you we all share the language and like you the spelling bee is something that is has become a tradition just like fireworks at the fourth of July. Like that's what you do in elementary school mm. for most kids. Having gone through that, you realize like, oh like this is when I want to get to be an adult, you're like, I could still see if I'm smarter than these kids. It's why, like, are, are you smarter than a fifth grader <laughs> worked and like why teen jeopardy works. It's, and yeah. it's, you want to, there's some, comp com some like redemption that goes into the, that competition part. No, it's just fun. I mean, the ESPN thing is a huge deal. Yeah. Like they, it was, it's endured because it was given a platform to endure like yeah. 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah. And it stayed there because people watched it. And, and there's there there like it's a, it's, it's a machine. It's yeah. like really. It's and every year, what they do, and they do make changes. Like they made some changes in 2018. They expanded the pool to almost 500 people to give like a second chance mm -hmm. uh, for some spellers. Like they do an amazing job at just the production of it. Like right. I am a fan of wrestling and monster truck rallies, and I've you know I did my doc on esports. And when you go to those things, like those are amazing productions. Like WrestleMania is an amazing production. A okay. monster truck rally is an amazing production. And the Scripps National Spelling Bee at purely a production level, it is an amazing production. It's From a thing of beauty. To the confetti that rains down, like the size of the trophy, like it is something that can make anyone excited. Well, and it's funny. I mean, you mentioned wrestling and you're speaking my language. <laughs> Lifelong wrestling fan. But um, 
when Sharav, like when he's spelling, he'll get to the last two words and already be walking away. It's such a baller move. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and it's almost like a heel move too, you know? And like, it's so fun to watch. And then when the confetti rained down on, and I'm forgetting who it is, but when the confetti rained down and he just no sells it, you're like, wow, dude. He is oh, Arvind. 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 Yeah, It's Arvin, yeah. 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 Like the confetti's raining down. He's just achieved the pinnacle of his competition and he's just no selling it. He's just like, mm. he's got sort of a wry little smile on his face. You I gotta... think it's because you're so in the zone. You just like, <laughs> yeah. you, you put your head down, like we were talking earlier, to like, to and just do the work. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you no longer have to do any of the work. And you're like, what, where am I? Like, I'm just, <laughs> you're beside yourself. It's also grueling. I mean, yeah. they are, they, it's, it is, uh, it's three days of competition. Um, no, yeah. two. Uh, no, th- three days in, on the scripts, including the written test. Then, then it's the, the the two rounds, and then it's the final. So I think it's three days of competition. Right. But they're on stage for hours, and there's so much waiting. Like these are little kids; like they have <laughs> bedtimes. You know, they, right. they they know that they have their meal every time, and like they don't skip me. Like you have to go through so much to just get to that level, and you almost think about. Other athletes make they make their sacrifices. They have to go through a lot too, but it's a different level. Like when, yeah. when you think about it at that age, it's it's crazy that it's kids. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, we got to wrap up. Um, I hope the confetti has rained down on you when you finished this documentary because I think it's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I can't wait to to see where it goes. Do you guys have plans? Now's when we do plugs. Where can people learn more about Breaking the Bee? Where can they potentially see it? The the best place to go right now is to our website, www.breakingthebee.com, uh, and then follow us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, on uh, Facebook. The handles are at Breaking the Bee. Nice. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com breaking the bee, slash Breaking the Bee. And we are aiming to have distribution uh, by the 2019 Scripps National Spelling Bee, so everyone can watch the bee and watch the film at the same time, but follow us everywhere and then we'll keep you updated. Nice. That sounds good. Chris, Sam, this was an enormous pleasure. I love the film. Thank you. All of those links will be on the John of all trades companion blog piece. So go to J O N of all trades.us, uh, companion blog piece to this episode. And, uh, yeah, check it out. You guys will love it. Thank you both and continued success to both of you. Thanks for having Thanks us so much. And that wraps up episode 198 of the John of All Trades podcast with Sam Rega and Chris Weller. They are the filmmakers behind Breaking the Beat. What a terrific film. I love the spelling bee. I love documentaries. And you know what? I love sports movies, and I think this one qualifies. So check it out. Go to the John of All Trades companion blog piece, J-O-N of All Trades.us. You'll get all the info you need to stay up on Breaking the Beat. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T. C-O-M.us. Training, content, engagement, and podcasting. Those are the four pillars. I can help you with any one of those things to help keep your business going in the right direction. That's D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. The John of All Trades podcast is on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram, all under the same handle, J-O-A-T-Pod. New episode previews typically go up on Mondays. New episodes typically drop on Wednesdays. I say that because this week we have two. Tuesday and Thursday. This was our Tuesday episode. Episode 199 comes out in just a couple of days. Get another documentary. Fantastic. And you can download that on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or the John of All Trades homepage. Hey, while you're on one of those platforms, hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes come right to you. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. I'm back here in just a couple of days with another documentary. Check out the John of All Trades Facebook page to find out what that is. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, crazy. That's good, Johnny. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. speak.